When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's the return of one of my favorite guests, my good friend Joe Blewett, who does Blewett Splits over at jetsxfactor.com. Just for a little peek behind the curtain, it's been tough to get shows done with Joe this year just because Joe has so many things going on. I've got so many things going on, but we were able to put this together to do a show on a very controversial subject, and that, of course, is Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. A lot of buzz that the Jets could be in the running to take him at number four overall in the draft. Joe has taken a strong look at him, so I was really happy that we were able to work this out so we could pick Joe's brain on what he saw on the tape of Kyle Hamilton. Joe, welcome back to the show, brother. Yeah, I never thought I would say this, but I, I missed you, Scott. <laughs> um, yeah, you're you know you're busy with your site. I'm busy with my site. I'm working midnights. It's just it, it's like impossible to get together for a show. It's like do you have like 30 minutes on this day at five o'clock. You know, we have to be really tight. Like it just is what it is. Um, but I'm I'm definitely glad to to be on for Kyle Hamilton, and I'm sure we'll do you know some other guys and some other offseason stuff. It's a little more flexible than you know the game reviews where you know you only have within a week to get together. So it's it's pretty much impossible. So um, I'm looking forward to talking Hamilton. Uh, I, I think you saying it's controversial is just kind of funny because I feel like I'm always kind of involved in stupid controversies. So uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's get into this one for sure. And the reason that Kyle Hamilton is a controversial pick isn't because he's a bad player. We all acknowledge he's an excellent player. The question is whether or not he's good enough to justify drafting at number four, considering the position he plays. And one of the biggest arguments that people will make about Kyle Hamilton is he's not just a safety. Now, we did hear that about Jamal Adams, but let's just preface this by saying that they're different types of players. Jamal Adams, strong safety. Kyle Hamilton is more of a free safety, a center fielder. But what you hear about first and foremost, with Kyle Hamilton as far as his strengths is his range. He has insane range, and I'm sure that you saw that when you watched the tape, right? Yeah, uh, and and him versus Jamal Adams, like, and you kind of put it there perfectly. Like, he's more of the free, the the free safety um, who has versatility. Where Jamal Adams, like, yeah, he's not like air quotes not just a safety, but you really look at a good strong safety. Like he is, he was just a safety. He was just a box safety. And a box safety at times is a linebacker. So you get yeah, you can argue strong safety, box safety, a guy who can who could somewhat play man coverage um, when he, when he was a, 
a jet and obviously he's dipped off with the Seahawks, which is absolutely fantastic for everybody. <laughs> um, but with, with Hamilton, like he, he's truly uh, more versatile than, than uh, Jamal Adams. Like, and, and he actually played in the box a little bit less than I thought he would uh, initially hearing about him. And that's why I always preface my opinions. Like I'll do like live streams, whatever other podcasts and be like, Oh, what's well, it on Hamilton. It's like, well, I think this, but I got to watch because I don't trust anybody. That's just, that's just, that's just the nature of it. Um, so yeah, he's much more uh, like a, a high safety um, and versatile that way than in the box, but he could definitely play in the box. And I watched three games, preface it by saying that. I could watch the other four or five games of his last year um, at, at Notre Dame, and maybe they, they mixed them up a little bit more. But I watched FSU, Toledo, and Purdue. Uh, Purdue and he was playing – everything in terms of in terms of coverages from you know from the hook to the curl to flat to the hook to curl to to deep middle third to outside and and in deep half to man coverage to man coverage on tight ends running backs slots receivers so he is truly a coverage um chess piece and that's kind of the conversation that why it's controversial because and and you brought it up and maybe you're cheating a little bit because we we talked (laughs) pre-show um in terms of him being the chess piece that's the argument like are you looking at him as just a safety if he's just a safety then okay i i I would get the conversation and this is this is by i'm pressing this by saying okay if he's generational which we still haven't got into but if he's truly generational um safety who could who could play again all those positions i just talked about and who can also play in the box then is he just a safety or is he a part safety part corner part low safety part high safety part blitzer part um you know uh, a box defender like a run defender okay then we're talking about a versatile chess piece who if you just play him at high safety or low safety then you're then you're mismanaging him so and, and to me like generational is generational and and we can get into we could talk about this for for freaking hours scott i know that um but like you know was quentin nelson at the time like we're, we're colts fans saying oh well generational oh but he's a guard you know i think he i think he was worth it you know kyle pitts nobody's gonna take a tight end but i think if kyle pitts was in this draft i can't speak for you but at four would you take kyle pitts in this draft if you're jets with a big need at tight end like you most people probably would obviously some some wouldn't but tight ends a lower value position with air quotes so his guard you know you can argue linebacker shift all the stuff but again if he's a he's a multi-dimensional piece on defense then it becomes an interesting conversation but that all stems around the fact of if he's truly generational truly the best player in the draft if if that was the answer but um i had to dive in to see and when you dove in what did you see um, yeah, a guy who I think could play the box, didn't play in the box as much as, as much as I thought he would, uh, but 6'4", 220, he, his movement for a guy who's 6'4", 220 is, and with his length, um, is absolutely ridiculous. Like he is generational from a movement pros- uh, prospect, uh, in terms of just the fluidity, the acceleration, the top end speed, how he can bend it, uh, around blocks, every, everything we talk about from effort, from tackle radius. Like he has all those physical tools that are pretty ridiculous to be completely honest. So he has you know, like, like a big corner. He has the ability to match up with slot rec- or with, with bigger receivers of Mike Evans is of the world, which obviously large loop to make, but I'm just t- comparing him to a big receiver. Like you can see him, playing in man coverage with him. He has his uh, like fluidity and movement skills to match up with some slot guys. Um, he has the size and the strength and the aggressiveness to match up with a Rob Gronkowski. Um, now I'm not saying he's going to win all these matchups, but I'm just saying he could play those matchups. You don't feel uncomfortable with him. Um, so he's pretty ridiculous in terms of his athleticism. 
Um, and you obviously like the versatility that that he showed at at Notre Dame. And again, maybe those other games he played in the box more. But just from the flashes I saw of him playing the box, uh, playing in the run game, the aggressiveness he takes on blocks with, how he stacks guys, how he sheds guys, he's super slippery. Um, being paired with with upfront aggressiveness, which is which is good because you know guards and tackles on you know pulling on dart plays and stuff like that don't necessarily expect a, a safety to stack and shed them, but he he will do that. Um, but with that, all that being said. I was kind of in the camp of like, okay, truly generational. I, I'm okay with him at four. Like I, I would take him. Like that was my camp. I watched him and <laughs> I'll always be honest, controversy, all that stuff. Um, I was a little bit disappointed watching him. Um, I thought that, and I, I think I did like about like 30 plays and I thought like 25 of those 30 plays were going to be like, wow, 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 wow. Holy crap. Wow. Wow. But like almost, almost like half those plays, like, oh, he has to improve on this. He has to improve on that. He got beat twice um, on long runs. One, one run, he, he took a really bad angle in terms of uh, he, in terms of both the angle and actually how he broke down. And there was a run that busted up the middle um, that went for a really long run or a touchdown that he completely whiffed on. It was just like, he's good in terms of breaking down and getting square on guys, but sometimes he does it a little bit too far away. Um, which could be a problem. And there's another time where he was, I think he was like deep half or opposite side of the field from the way the run went. And there was a running back running up the sideline and there was a wide receiver who was running up with the running back. And instead of being a little bit more cautious, going over top of the receiver's attempted block or where the receiver's running to and, you know, uh, flipping his hips, allowing the guys from behind to rally, make the tackle. Um, he tries to undercut it at a really bad angle. And then the, the running back runs for a touchdown. So I got, I see him get beat multiple times um, in only three games for really long runs, which you cannot have as a safety. We saw plenty of that with the jets this year. We can't have that with Kyle Hamilton, especially if he's drafted number four. Um, and then in coverage too, like, again, he's kind of like that gazelle, really good flu. Uh, in terms of like his fluid uh, motion, all that stuff, but like he could definitely leverage himself better in terms of route concepts and get over top of it more um, <clears throat> in, in off man definitely gets caught flat footed sometimes. And he relies on his ability. Like he relies on his um, lateral movement to be able to kind of like use catch man on guys, 10 yards off. 12 yards off, seven yards off, whatever it is. And if guys defeat his arms, they blow right past him. Like there was multiple times that I watched in those three games where he could have been beat for a very long gain, if not a touchdown. Um, there are times where he gets distracted a little bit um, in the backfield. And again, then he kind of loses his, his leverage. The, the, the fact that he breaks down too far from the tackle, uh, from the tackle targets, a little bit of a concern. There's times where he reaches a little bit too much in coverage. And um, I expected that all to be really good. Like, and there was some simple stuff. It's not all overly complex. Like there is a play where he's a, he's a, a cover two safety and there's a two man route concept. And you're basically reading both of those two guys. And if one guy goes short, then, okay, the only vertical threat you're going to see in a cover two is, is the number two, number one, whatever it was, the one, the guy who's going long past 10 to 12 yards. If the other threat goes short, it's, it pretty much becomes man coverage. Like obviously it's zone, but it becomes man at, at, a, at a certain point uh, when you run into the zone. <clears throat> and the, I think it's the outside receiver ran like a pivot or a whip. And then the, the number two is stemming directly at him. And he, and he leverages himself way, way, way too far inside, like a, a good, like three or four yards instead of, you know, playing him heads up. The, re the receiver breaks outside on a corner route and he gets dusted. And like, that's like really pretty simple stuff. Like that's not overly complex. Like we're talking like it was a similar play, but obviously, you know, corner play, uh, a corner route versus a vertical route, like almost, almost identical to what you saw with uh, Elijah Riley against, um, the Bucks in that last play of the game, like it was, it was similar situation uh, to that, and he just did not play it right. So there was a lot more bust than I thought there would be for a guy who is air quotes generational. 
I think he has generational type athleticism. And we saw that there's a play, you know, range. I put it up, you know, opposite hash to sideline. He picked the ball off. The ball did hang up in the air for a little bit. But he, like I said, he runs like a gazelle, accelerates like a, like a cheetah, like to bring up all the cheesy stuff. Um, but just it just came to mind. Um, so he has the athleticism to be generational. But the, the awareness, the actual technique was not generational for me, which kind of knocked him down a peg for me. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, Are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Joe, one thing I was curious about is Jalen Ramsey is somebody that when he came out of college was sort of that safety corner hybrid and obviously in the pros turned into one of the best corners in the league. Is there any possibility in your mind that Kyle Hamilton could maybe become some sort of hybrid like that in the NFL and eventually shift to a corner role just based on his athleticism and his size and his range? Or is that something that there's no way he would be able to do? Um, honestly, like I, I think I think with his athleticism, you could do really whatever you want with him. Um, and I would have to watch more of Jalen Ramsey to see exactly what he was coming out of college because at that point, no, I wasn't, you know, excuse my French, but balls deep as I am now with all these draft <laughs> prospects. And um, I, I, for my knowledge of Ramsey, he was more of like a corner safety where, where Hamilton mm-hmm. was more of a safety corner. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily think they would try that just because he didn't play as much corner as I think um, Jalen Ramsey did at FSU, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so it's, it's a possibility. I just, I just don't think that you take a guy at safety and just move him to corner. Um, but with that being said, again, let's say you're struggling against the bucks or whoever, you know, uh, Gabe Davis, you know, bigger receiver mm-hmm. against the bills, hopefully in the divisional round next year or something, just let me live my fantasies. Um, Kyle Hamilton can match up with those guys. Like I, I just, I just don't see him consistently matching up with like slot guys. Even though I said he could do that and you're going to have situations where you're going to have guys who aren't in ideal matchups. Like you're going to have, you know, the, the Gidry's versus, well, hopefully it's more than Gidry next year, but Gidry's versus Stefan Diggs or Bryce Hall versus Stefan Diggs. And that's a reason I don't think they put him on Stefan Diggs and people complain about that. But uh, Bryce Hall just does not have the athleticism that he does. And that's probably why they uh, matched Eccles on him. They could have played a little bit differently, but story for a different day. Um, so I think it's a possibility you see him there sometimes. I just don't think all the time. Again, I think if they're struggling with a bigger guy, you put Kyle Hamilton, who's a freak athlete, 6'4", 220, he's probably just going to add muscle and be 225, 230, and be able to move the way he does. I think he could um, do it at times. I just don't think you um, a team would do it. I don't, I don't think it's a, completely you know, uh, a, a non-factor. I think you could do it. I just, I just don't see a team actually kind of having the balls to, <laughs> to take a safety, you know, uh, to, and do that in the, in the top four. Um, again, with Ramsey, he was more corner who played safety, and, and this would be more of a safety now switching completely to corner, which is, um, again, a little bit of a long shot. But um, I, I, like I said, in situations, I, I could see it. 
Whether he became a full-time corner or not, I guess the question I'm really asking is whether or not you think Kyle Hamilton could be a defensive eraser. And what I mean is, could you put him on a Kelsey and try to get him erased out of the game? Could you take him and put him on, as you said, a Gabe Davis if he's killing you and try and get him taken out of the game? Would he be able to guard somebody like Stefan Diggs if you needed him to? Is he the kind of guy that, as a chess piece, could be used in that type of way where he could essentially take out the opposing team's best offensive weapon? Is that something that you think he could be coached up to do in the NFL? Yeah, and that's an important term you said, coached up, because that's what I was going to say. Um, because like I said, if you're not leveraging yourself properly, if your feet, and he has a really smooth back pedal again, but once guys kind of creep up on him, they get within that seven, like five to seven yards, he gets flat-footed. Uh, and in the NFL, you cannot get flat-footed because the digs of the world are, are going to stem you. They're going to punch through. They're going to chop it, and you're, and you're absolutely effed. Um, so he has the athleticism to do it. Um, and if he's coached up and he leverages himself better, he doesn't get caught in, in, in uh, flat-footed and off-man. If he continues to backpedal, if he continues to weave, which is basically just a backpedal and while you're moving laterally. If he, if he gets coached up to do that stuff, he could now – you know, Stefan Diggs conversation. I, I, like you, I think the examples of, of Gabe Davis, Mike Evans, Kelsey, um, Gronkowski are, are more of, of the matchup for him because even though he's a freak of an athlete – Six four is still really, really lanky to be able to match uh, Stefan Diggs. Like, so could it happen for some reps? Yes. Will he lock Stefan Diggs down, the Tyreek Hills down, like the guys who are super, super shifty? Um, I don't think he would do that with great consistency. He wouldn't necessarily want to do it, but pretty much every other receiver, tight end, running back, um, etc. You know, minus the top you know, five to 10 guys, especially the top five to 10 guys with those really fluid, fluid movement skills. I think he could do it. Like again, the, the Mike Evans of the world, uh, not, not, not Gabe Davis. I'm trying to think of those other receivers, like the Odell Beckham's the, the digs, um, Tyree kills. Like you won't, you wouldn't want to see him versus the shifty guys, but bigger guys. Sure. Um, so a defensive eraser with the kind of sidebar of minus the really shifty guys and, and really who is shutting those guys down even, even nowadays, like, like how do you shut those guys down with the rules of the NFL? Now um, we saw Jalen Ramsey, probably the best corner in the NFL uh, in the divisional game games, which by the way, Holy crap, <laughs> uh, get beat by Mike Evans multiple times towards the end of the game. Um, so I think you can match up with the Mike Evans types, but I don't think you're really going to be able to get any corner to, to shut those guys down with how it works. And it wouldn't be the most advantageous matchup, but I think he could shut down 90% of the weapons. Obviously, like you said, with being coached up, which is important because um, you don't necessarily see, you don't necessarily see the, the, kind of the freak of athletes that, that Kyle Hamilton are. Uh, but to a lesser extent, you see guys who are plenty athletic to be air quotes coached up to be really good Vernon Golston. Um, but <laughs> that's not necessarily a leap. You could just, you could just bank on a person making, you know? So um, while I think he could be a really, really, really good safety, I can't just again, pen him in that he's going to make the changes in his technique because plenty of guys have come out of college um, and haven't made that leap. You said you were disappointed in him watching some of his reps in running plays where he got beat on some bad runs. I was curious if you think this is something that happened far too often or just far too often for a guy who you thought was going to be a generational prospect because obviously when you pick a guy that high at the safety position, you want him to be that defensive eraser in the passing game, but you also want him to be an excellent defender against the run. Do you think he's overall an excellent defender and you just saw a couple of outlier plays that need to be fixed or is this a deeper problem with him against the run game? 
you don't want any more Ashton Davis angles. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, is 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 twice too, and it was probably two or three times, but it's twice too much in three games. To me, it is like like getting beat for almost one big running game because of a bad angle or you being over aggressive is is too much for me. Uh, is it fixable? Yeah, it's something that's relatively fixable. You know, come from a higher angle, more conservative, more aggressive than this. You know, in this incidence on third and short, you know, there's there's plenty of different ways of. To, to coach up, I would, I would think again, I'm not in the, in the room um, with those guys, but it, it seemed it'd be pretty easy to, to coach up, but um, it wasn't just one outlier play um, or, or two, it, it was two or three and two or three in three games is too much. You know, like Ashton Davis got beat uh, versus the bills with a, sing, a Stingley run. I believe uh, that was also, or not Stingley, a uh, Singletary run. Uh, I think Quincy Williams just beat on that play too. But yeah, I, I think once a game is too much. Like, again, you need to be as a safety, a generational safety, a guy who is consistently um, going to wrap up, make that tackle. And some of that, like, yeah, great. Be aggressive in the box. Like, shoot your gaps, do what you got to do. But as a high safety, you're that last line of defense. A lot of times you kind of just got you, – you, you have to – almost like concede the play. Like, listen, I'm just going to take a conservative angle. I'm going to give him an extra 10 yards that then I might, if I took that aggressive angle, but the problem with aggressive angle, you might, you might, you know, save those 10 yards, but if you miss you're you're screwed because no one else is behind you. So a lot of times these deep safeties, you know, Mark Smith of the world are pretty, are pretty good in terms of playing conservative, uh, conservatively and letting guys rally to, to make that tackle. And he, and he just didn't do that. Um, again, the, uh, breaking down way too early, got beat for a very long run. And then another time where he was way too aggressive and need to go over top of a receiver's block. Uh, again, as there's other guys trailing the, the, uh, I think it's a running back. And if he were to slow it down because he'd had a cut back inside, if, if Hamilton played over the top, there'd have been guys there to tackle, uh, make that, make that tackle. So he has to be much smarter with it. So, um, it wasn't like it happened, you know, five, six, seven, eight times. Like some people may think when I say it's a problem, but I, again, I think almost one time a game is way too much as a deep safety. Joe, you said you were a little disappointed watching his film because you were expecting so much. But after talking about his crazy range, his athleticism, the way that he could be used as a chess piece, how willing would you be to accept Kyle Hamilton as the number four overall pick? And even if you don't think based on the film that he's a slam dunk generational prospect, do you think with the right coaching he could become that generational type of player? Yeah, interesting question. Um, because before this, and I know we would disagree on this and have probably thousands of conversations. We already kind of did, but it's I already like knew like texting you where you stood and texting an argument is just it's just not worth it. So we probably, you know, talk for the phone on three hours about it. But um for me, it's like if you're truly generational, if you're truly the best player in the draft, no matter the position, again, if he could lock down, you know, play if he could play on Mike Evans, if he could play on Kronk, if he could play on like Kelsey, if he could play a linebacker, if he could blitz, if he could play, you know, high safety, low safety, all this stuff then it's more than just a safety. Like he could play whatever you want him to be. So before that, and, and trusting some people, you know, Daniel Jeremiah's of the world, whoever's out there and them saying he's generational, he's the best player in the draft. I'm, not, I'm by the way, I'm not hundred percent sure if Jeremiah, that's just an example. If he, if he actually said that, but if he was truly that player, then I was rooting for him at three. Like that, that's who I wanted. Like I was in the camp of, okay, Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Hamilton, because again, make the argument, you know, against the, 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 the generational prospects who don't make impacts in Quentin Nelson and, and Pitts. And obviously they play offense and Zach Wilson, all that stuff, but still, even on the defensive side of the ball, I'm down with that. I just, I just am. That's just how kind of how I look at it. Just take the best player. Um, minus obviously like, like kicker punter, even though kicker with the divisional round, maybe we need one of those too high in the draft. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I was on that train, but I had to be in like thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with the film, watched it. And again, 
plays in coverage, getting beat deep. Maybe there was a time or two where the quarterback couldn't get the ball there, but still I am like a thousand thousand percent. And, and I've probably already repeated a thousand times in the show. I'm not sure, but I'll do it again. I am on the boat of process versus results. I could care less mm-hmm. about a lot of the time about the results. I'm all about the process. And his process was, was too bad for me on too many plays for me to be thrilled about the pick at four. I'm almost Hutchinson Thibodeau trade down. And I got to watch Neil um, as well, but I would be okay with the pick. Like before I was, I would be excited about the pick. Now I would be like, eh, like I get it, but not, it's not my ideal situation for, for it to be Hamilton um, at four. Now, do I think he could be coached up with, with good coaching and, and will it happen? I'm pretty confident it will, but to what extent? Because again, you could have great athleticism, but if your technique is not on point, pretty much at any position, you're just not going to, to, to win in the NFL. Um, at, at least at the rate that I would want him to win considering he'd be a top, you know, a, a top uh, five and the fourth pick for, for the Jets. So um, I'll be pretty confident that I'm pretty confident he's going to turn into a really, really, really good player. But is he going to turn into a top five safety, which I need him to be picking him at four? So um, again, I would be okay with it, just not excited about it like I was prior to watching the film. And again, I always preface it and, and only watching three games, maybe those other four games. I think, I think he only played seven games this year. Those other four games he watched, or if I watch those other four games, you know, later on, if they draft him and if he fixes some of those problems in the run game and the pass game that I mentioned, then I would be much more confident, but that's not, you know, I haven't seen that yet. You know, I, I got to watch all seven, but I think three is a pretty good sample size. So more meh with the pick than excited about the pick after watching. Joe Blewett, the host of Blewett's Blitz. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about Kyle Hamilton with me. I've really been looking forward to having this conversation with you because, as you said, we've been going back and forth with texts, and it's not as instructive as having a long-form conversation about it and really allowing you to explain what you saw on film. So I'm really happy that you were able to do that with me. For those that want to check out your long-form reviews, and when I say long-form, I'm not talking about 12, 15 minutes on video. I'm talking about three, four hours. So the heavy-duty stuff, you don't miss anything on Joe's film reviews. Go ahead and tell people how they can check out what you're doing. Yeah, uh, JorB31 on Twitter. I don't post there as much as I used to because now I have the site and there's an incentive for, for the <laughs> subscriber. Same thing with the video. Sometimes you get them free. Sometimes you only get 10, 15 minutes and the, the rest of the hour or two is um, is on, only on the website, which it is what it is. Um, but like you said, yeah, it's, you know, I, I get the the short highlight type stuff um, that a lot of people do. You know, I'm not going to mention any names, uh, but you know who I'm talking about because we've had plenty of conversations on the side, Scott. Um, yeah, I like to really get to the nitty gritty to really, really show people exactly what this player is. Go over all the strengths, go over all the weaknesses, not just um, a few plays. So I know it's a niche crowd, but if you really, really want to learn about your players, I, I get the the short stuff to um, have a good digestible kind of short like like understanding of a guy. But if you want to know know a player, that's what that's what I'm about. So I, I'll always work towards my niche, and I, I appreciate my niche people. But Joe RB31 Twitter, Jets X Factor. Uh, follow me there and, and uh, catch me on here hopefully more than you know once in the six months that we've been doing recently <laughs> absolutely Joe I'm looking forward to talking again soon make sure you're checking out everything that Joe is doing over at Jets X Factor he's got his YouTube and then of course if you're a subscriber you get access to the four hour film reviews the marathon sessions if you really want to dig in and get the nitty gritty on these players I'm actually really looking forward to what you've got cooking on Elijah Moore because I think Elijah Moore is a budding number one wide receiver and I think that your film review is going to show that and I'm looking forward to having you back on to talk to you about that as 
well. In the meantime, check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant has got some great videos up there. They're not as long as Joe's. They're not three or four hours, but they're pretty good sample sizes and give you a good explanation of what some of these players do well and do poorly. For example, Traylon Burks, the outstanding wide receiver out of Arkansas. Trey McBride, the tight end out of Colorado State. Dalton Schultz, who's the impending free agent tight end from the Dallas Cowboys. Is he going to be worth $14 million? Luke attempts to answer that question with an All-22 review. It's all there on our YouTube channel. So watch the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the Bless You, Thank You, John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, mugs, caps, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And don't forget to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, We'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.